Play the fucking intro. Dustin and this is Eric and this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 287. It's not 187, it's 287. 287. Nice. <laughs> That's yep, just 287. <laughs> yes. Uh, a lot of good stuff in store as per usual and then also on top of that, uh, more Halloween music. So, uh, we are getting into that here in just a moment. Let's get into some new songs. Uh, I mean, we know how to talk. We know how to get these episodes going. So let's oh, get yeah. right into it, and we'll get into some music. So we're going to start with the new music starting. Uh, I'm going to mention one release that came out on October 15th. That's the Apathetics, who released two singles. Yes, we did. We also released some lyric videos on that. You can find them on YouTube. Apparently, there's this uh, little uh, app or bot or whatever that, you know, you take some stock photos or stock videos and you just kind of make your own little lyric video out oh, of cool. it. Oh, cool. And that's what, uh, that's what Josh did for uh, the two songs that we have out. Well, all three of them, actually. And yeah, they're not that bad. You can still tell that they are like very, uh, you know, it's just one of those Just Add Water programs. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and that's, no, uh, that's no disrespect to Josh. It's just like, you know, you work with what you have. I haven't tried it, but now I want to. Right. Well, we've got a camera. We'll have to go uh, do something proper at some point for it too. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll make some. Uh, we'll make some cool little uh, visual media outlets too. Or some visual media uh, products for those outlets. There we go. <laughs> that and Anonymous is going to be putting some new music together. Uh, yeah, we are. We are still in the process of putting music together. Right. As in, like, uh, fine-tuning, tightening up loose ends. And we were scheduled to record this last weekend. Unfortunately, the guy who's supposed to record with us, he caught that fucking virus, man. Oh. Caught the fucking virus. That was so 2020. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't go in, which is just as well. DK was out of town anyway. He was seeing the... I guess the infamous When We Were Young Festival. Uh, apparently it happened. Well, oh, yeah. Sort of. The first day got canceled because of the weather. Oh, that sucks. So Yeah, it sucked. But thankfully, he was just there for the second day. Oh, well, so, lucky him. Yeah, lucky him. It's like the, everything aligned in your favor. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, he'll be... He'll, so he'll be here. He'll be recording his parts. And then we're like, okay, now everyone is in there. Everyone set time aside. Cancel out your fucking day. We're going to be in this studio until, it's, until shit's ready. And planning stages for a video. That's what I was getting at. Yes, that's what you were. Yes. So uh, we'll, we'll be looking at those. Uh, everybody else, you can be looking at new releases that came out October 17th. Grade 2 put out a new single, Brassic. Then on the 20th, Nosebleed, they released Lost and Found, which is a single on TNS Records. Piss Pants released self-titled Piss Pants. That's some Portland uh, hardcore. You should check that out. It's on Little Willie Records. Uh, Hawthorne Heights released Dandelions, which is a single on the 20th. Knuckle Puck released Groundhog Day, which is a single. Demons released I Don't Want No Part of It, which is a single on the 20th. Inclination released Unaltered Perspective on Pure Noise Records. Half Dizzy released Courtesy Flush on Punkerton Records. That's their new EP. 
Hopefully we'll be talking with them about it here soon and playing some music on that here in the next couple episodes. The next two releases, Molly Fancher, Brain for Friends EP and American Werewolves, self-titled American Werewolves release. Uh, both those came out on the 21st, and I just played tracks from those over on Punk and I Worldwide. If you want some Halloween-themed music, there are 20 tracks on the newest episode of Punk and I Worldwide, all Halloween-themed. Uh, about half of them are brand new tracks that have come out in 2022, uh, a bunch of those just within maybe the last month or so, but some throughout the year, and then uh, getting some classics on there as well. So if you need some Halloween-themed music, go check it out. On the 21st, Skin Flicks, they released Old Dog's New Tricks. The Dahmers released On Halloween, which is a single, uh, on the 21st. Uh, Planet Watson, they released Fast as a Shark, Short Songs for Smart Middle-Agers. <laughs> <The, laughs> <laughs> right. I like that title a lot. <laughs> right. uh, go check out Planet Watson, I believe they're from Germany. Uh, Bad, the Bad Shapes, they released self-titled The Bad Shapes on Vonda Records on the 21st. Darko released Sparkle, which is an EP on Lockjaw Records on the 21st. On the 24th, uh, the it, it Stukas over Disneyland, they released something in their native tongue, which I think translates to if money is a disease, passion is the cure. I'm just going to go with that because I don't think I'd pronounce the rest. But you can go find it on <laughs> Rusty Knife Records. Then on the 28th, Jerry Only is releasing Anti-Hero. I wanted to play something on that uh, Halloween episode. Maybe we will play something from it next week here on SLC Punkcast. Nothing was released early. Looking forward to checking out what Jerry Only's putting out. Uh, the Outsiders, that is some uh, Swedish Ramones, basically. Uh, they have a release coming out on the 28th. Hammered Holes is releasing Careening on Discord Records on the 28th. Bitch Queens are releasing Party Hardly, which is an EP on the 28th. Wiretap Records compilation is coming out, which is the Fest 20 compilation, as Fest 20 will be next week. Uh, Show Me the Body is releasing Trouble the Water on the 28th. The War Graves is releasing Get Wrecked on the 28th. Hard Wax is new one. Don't Stop the Beat on Rebellion Records is coming out on the 28th. The Crooks is releasing Mediocracy. Not Mediocracy, but Mediocracy. On Pro Rock Records, Charlie Bit My Finger <laughs> is releasing Back and Forth, and that's like the number four, fourth, on Thousand Oak Oaks Records. On the 28th, Invasives are releasing Feel Good, Live Forever on Kind of Cool Records. Uh, also the 28th. Finally, on the 28th, the Roadblocks are releasing a new single, Welcome to Paradise. Uh, it's the title track of their new one that's coming out, I believe, like December 2nd, maybe. Uh, the Hellbound Hitmen, more Halloween-themed music. I had to play something a little older, released, I think, earlier in the year as a single, but they're putting out Red Rum on the 31st, so that might be something you want to check out there on Halloween. Forced to Suffer is releasing Absolute Solace on the 31st. Standard Issues releasing Can We Be Free, which is an EP on the 1st. Ran is releasing Atrabalar on Pasadaric Record, or Pasadaric Pats Records, rather, on the first, Sick Waiting is releasing A Fine Hill to Die On on P Records. Sunliner's releasing self-titled Sunliner on Lockjaw Records. Bunch of cool stuff coming out on Lockjaw Records. Hell yeah. That's on the fourth. Dr. Explosion is releasing Superior, 
Superior Edad Moral on Slovenly Records on the 4th. And finally, Rambo, and that's an acronym, Rambo, is releasing Defy Extinction on the 4th. Uh, be on the lookout for those. Check out the new stuff. Eric, what do you have to add to that? <clears throat> well, a reminder on the uh, 19th, Foreign Hands released their Lucid Noise single. On the 21st, Blood Clot released War Castles. I listened to that once, although I was half asleep. I'll have to listen to it again. On the 27th, I'm excited for this one, Spirit World is releasing Relic of Damnation. Yes, they just released the third single, and they had a video for it. I haven't seen mm -hmm. the video yet, though. Yeah, me neither, but I have heard all three of their singles, one of which we, uh, we promoted on this show. Right. Moonlit Torture with a Dwid from Integrity. That was, a good, that was a good song, and the other two are really good, and yet just expect some... Some country fried southwestern metalcore. <laughs> it's it's going to be great. Uh, Stoked for Show Me the Body on the 28th. Can't wait to hear the rest of that. And my friends in the One Too Many's are releasing their first album, The Big Score, on the 28th. I am excited for that one. I'm going to go to the Ice House and I'm going to see them celebrate their celebrate its release. They always put on a good show. They were all, they're all really nice guys. I played with them a ton when I, back in the days of Suburban Hellkill. Wonderful people, wonderful musicians, and wonderful music from what I've heard. I've only heard it live, but hey, that's a testament to their skills, right? Right. <laughs> also, looking forward to uh, the new Force to Suffer. I did not realize they were putting out an album so soon. Yeah, I... It's, they didn't really give uh, too many other details, but when I was looking stuff up, because Eric's going to be talking more about them later in the show, mm -hmm. spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I came across that. I thought, oh, well, that will be something new to talk about. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Anyway, that's going to be... Uh... Right, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at my list of uh, new releases, and I saw November 25th, Spirit World's releasing Death Western. I'm like, I think they already released that as a single. That is the name of the album. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, the single. There, there is a single called Relic of Damnation. That is the one that came out. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I got all the dates mixed up. But still, yes, Death Western, that is still coming out the 25th. Correct. Relic of Damnation came out. Just today. Yes. All right. Okay. Why did I have it saved as the 27th? It's the 6th now. <laughs> the 26th. Okay. Okay, I got a little uh, lost in this, in this road, so unfortunately, I still got to wait a while longer to hear the new Spirit World. That, that really sucks, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll get there. <laughs> right. Anyway, on the, and finally, on the 11th of November, Rejection Pact is going to be releasing their full-length Can We Wait. They already got a couple of singles out, and they hit hard. Looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll get into some new music here in just a second. Uh, I, I still apologize for the echo. Eric and I, were, were, were bouncing around. We're in the actual area that's going to be a recording studio soon. It's got some stuff in there, but the recording portion of the recording studio is not going to be, it's probably like a month away, hopefully sooner. <laughs> we, so, got the, we got the foam pads. None of them are up on the wall, but they are, they're here. They're here. <laughs> we got to build the actual recording booth area for recording music and then use some of those in there. And then th there's still some work to do. So yeah. I apologize for the echo. 
Uh, let's get into the music. Eric, what'd you pick for some new stuff this week? Well, we're going back to uh, September, going back a little ways, but it's towards the end of September, so it's pretty... It's less than a month ago. Yeah, it's still less than a month. Anyway, we're going to to Sweden to talk about the band Paranoid once again. And Paranoid, in case you forgot, they are a thrash band, crossover thrash band with a lot of, uh, with some, with some D-beat influence. And they are from Sweden. And they spell their name in Japanese for some inexplicable reason. I don't know either. And, <laughs> and yeah, they kick ass. <laughs> and they sing their music in English. So there you go. You got a hodgepodge of three different languages from... <laughs> it's, like a, yeah, it's like you're hitting the triangle. You're all the way up north in Sweden. You're all the way east in Japan. And then you're all the way west in the U.S. <laughs> right. So there you go. You have their... The Metal Bermuda Triangle. (laughs) And everything is getting lost in there, but Paranoid is coming out with everything put together. And they have been coming out with a lot of singles this year. Well, two singles, but two songs each. So that counts as a lot of single songs. (laughs) Anyway, the latest one they released is a single called Possessed. And... Yep, they have a song also called Possessed. And no, it is not an ode to suicidal tendencies. They, who also have two songs called Possessed. One of which is just the word, and the other one is Possessed to Skate. You know? There you go. Now you, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure you differentiate between the two. Also, I guess Suicidal Tendencies doing a show where they're like, uh, for the anniversary of their self-titled album, their first album. Right. And they're going to play that whole thing. I'm like... Okay, I need to go. I need to go to where that is because I need to hear all of those songs. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, back. Enough of uh, Venice Beach. Let's talk about Sweden and the thrash that came out of there. And you know, let's stop talking about it. Let's listen to uh, the song that I think is the heaviest of the two songs in this single. This is "Deserted Centuries." <laughs> Sweet music to the brainwashed mind. 
there you are, some good old Swedish thrash. And I'm just waiting for uh, something, you know, longer to come out from these guys. <laughs> right. I mean, don't get me wrong. The singles are great. You guys got some really great songs coming out. I really am loving it. But I'm like, okay, give us a... Uh, we like the little samples, but please give us the full meal. More. We more, want more. More, more, more. <laughs> I'm sure they got. I'm sure they got something. They've been releasing a few uh, different things on their Bandcamp. They've re- been releasing some new clothing, and also are doing like a uh, box set of their first um, of like their first recordings. I think it's like a seven-inch box set or a bunch of cassette tapes. I can't remember what it is, but they are releasing them all at once. So. That's actually pretty cool. That is cool. <laughs> yeah, so Paranoid, it's good to know you're keeping busy at least. So thank you for that. And thank you for just being super metal on there. And I really love Deserted Centuries. I just love that riff that is just like that, yeah, just that little uh, marching riff. And just that little uh, octave note that just hits in the end of each riff, just sort of sounding off like the tolling of a bell. Ding! Ding! <laughs> Yeah, that's the, just little things like that. They really make or break a song sometimes. Well, maybe not that extreme, but they do make it more memorable. Right. So that's what I got to say about Paranoid. Keep it up, boys. Well, the Raging Nathans, uh, I don't want you to forget about them. Uh, I want to thank Josh for sharing the album with us. Uh, If you forgot, because we played a few weeks back, we played one of the singles. What they were doing is releasing one song every two weeks until... The album is released, so Still Spitting Blood is the album. It comes out November 21st. We're still almost a a month away, just less than four weeks away, I believe. And it is a cool album. Their most recent release of singles, and and all the singles that they're releasing all have different artwork for each individual song as well. So uh, we're going to play that song in a second. You can head over to Rad Girlfriend Records and pre-order right now, and I recommend you do because they are low stock. I just saw today, low stock on the yellow vinyl. So if you want to get Still Spitting Blood in yellow vinyl, you got to get over to radgirlfriendrecords.com. Ooh, you better hurry. So you can order. They're still, uh, they didn't say that they were running low on black, so if black is your color, then you're good. But if you like to get the colored vinyl, then uh, yellow is getting low on stock. Anyway, Josh... As I stated about a month ago when we had the last song on the, the show, uh, he was on episode 66.5. We did a Rad Girlfriend, Girlfriend's Records episode featuring all bands from Rad Girlfriend's Girlfriend Records, uh, including Josh's band, which is the Raging Nathans. And if you're unfamiliar with them, again, they are from Dayton, Ohio. You should go back and listen to that episode. It was just a few episodes back. Uh, the newest single, and I, I think they're about due to release another new one. I don't know the order offhand, but... Uh, Wasting Time did come out. Go check out its artwork. Go check out the artwork involved for all the other singles involved. Uh, you can head over to Rad Girlfriend Records social medias and Raging Nathan social medias and check those out. Let's get into Waste of Time from the Raging Nathans off of Still Spitting Blood. <laughs> Let yourself down easily 
waste of time. That is the Raging Nathans. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. It's just that nice to know that some skate punk is still alive, and they're and it's being played by people who are younger than forty years old. They might be. They might be close to that age. They're still young. <laughs> They've been around. <laughs> uh, thanks, Josh. And uh, be on the lookout. November 21st, we, we might even play something else. Uh, there's a lot of really cool tracks on that album. I really dig that album. So maybe as it gets closer to that release date, uh, something else that will have come out will be on the list of tracks that I do want to get to and play from that album. So be on the lookout. Go check out The Raging Nathans. Go over to Rad Girlfriend Records.com. Go get that yellow vinyl if you want it. Next up, Long Shot Odds. They have an album called Stress Marks that is actually coming out November 12th. They also shared that album with us. It's a cool album. So we're going to play a track off of it. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, we've played the band before. They are from Columbia, South Carolina. They started back in 2015. This album, when it releases on November 12th, will be out across all streaming platforms and physical copies can be purchased off their band camp. So go see Long Shot Odds. The band from Columbia, South Carolina, because there are, I think there's some other stuff out there that might be similar in name, but Columbia, South Carolina, uh, Stress Marks, that is coming out on the 12th. Uh, something else that the band does, and I want to mention this, they told me about it, and not all bands do this. There's a few bands that have like a, a podcast or something out, like the dude from uh, The Havoc, he's got a podcast of some sort. Uh, out and you know there's yeah. stuff like that out there yeah the uh i can't remember his name but the guy from drug church he has his own uh podcast as well cool and that's oh yeah and white trash rob he has the nod cast right so there's stuff out there this particular one that the band does long shot odds members of the band they do a D podcast so if that is something that you're into uh, go check out Monsters and Mosh Pits. It's on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yes, it's good stuff. Go check them out. We're going to check out a track off of Stress Marks that'll be out in a couple weeks. Uh, looks like about two weeks from Friday. Uh, the way it goes is the name of this one. So, uh, well, that's the way it goes. It's going to be track number six off of Stress Marks. Here's Longshot Odds.
shot odds yeah it took a bit of a hard left there <laughs> it did right there at the end huh yeah it does a more like a uh, jammy territory <laughs> yeah but i gotta say whereas uh you know raging nathans and these guys long shot odds they sort of have that 90s appeal to them but in different segments you know it's same thing with the skate punk idea uh the raging nathans reminded me more of like lag wagon Whereas these guys reminded me a lot more of no effects, at least sound-wise. Gotcha. You know, and even the singer's voice is uh, pretty close to, uh, uh, to that of Fat Mike's, but also the bass playing style. The way that it just sort of rumbles, it feels kind of muddied in there. Fat Mike's bass was very much like that. <laughs> but he knows how to, it's not exactly quite lemmy, he knows how to like, be technical and be sort of like a jammy. Right. Yeah. And they displayed that in the last uh, third of that song. So, Absolutely. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely not what I was expecting. So good job, good job, long shot odds. You uh, surprised me. <laughs> it's good stuff. Go check out both those, both those albums coming out. I want to thank again both bands, uh, Josh and Patrick, for sharing those with us. So we could check them out and tell people how great they are. So they should go check them out. <laughs> but uh-huh. we give you the evidence. You got the evidence for yourself. It's cool stuff. Go check them out. Eric, we're going to do some older slash lesser known slash both of these tracks were released earlier this year. Yes, they were. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's get to talking about uh, Forced to Suffer. Yes. There. Now, the spoiler has been uh, not exactly spoiled. It's, it, it's here. The spoil's <laughs> been foiled. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Anyway, Forced to Suffer. Yes, I was meaning to talk about these guys a little bit earlier because they were just here. They were here for the uh, Wild West Festival that we had with, uh, got that score of other bands on here. And while there are so many great bands on there that I would love to talk about, um, and I will, but I want to get to uh, Forced to Suffer first because they were one of the bands I was looking forward to seeing there. And they only have one 
thing out. It is just a demo, but they literally title it Demonstration. I'm like, just coming right out and saying the full <laughs> thing right there. Because that literally is what a demo is. Right. <laughs> yeah, just one of those things. It's uh, one of those terms that just become so synchronized in everyday speech that you don't think of what it stands for. Right. Or what the full word actually is. Do you have a demo? Yes. A demonstration. Do you have a demonstration of what you can do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this demonstration is just two songs on here. And while I was listening to those two songs over and over again, I was like, oh my God, what? both of them are so good. I want to play both of them. But it's part of my uh, personal rule that it's like, if it's a single and there's only two songs, I don't really count that as a great cover-to-cover -cover album. Because <laughs> it feels kind of weird, a great cover-to-cover -cover single, because that's just like, okay, yeah, that's a great single. What, from a great beginning of the song to the end of the song? <laughs> True. Bands that put out albums that are 8 to, say, 15 songs, even though that's probably more of an anomaly, uh, if they only took their two best songs and then mm -hmm. released it, most people could consider, oh, that's a great cover to cover, you know, one to the other. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's a great A-side to B-side. Right. Yeah. And very little, uh, I mean, there are bands that release uh, single songs as albums. I mean, that only exists in really the uh, doom and drone metal world. Right. I mean, you think of Sleep's Dope Smoker, you think of Bell Witch's Mirror Reaper, those songs clock in over 60 minutes. So, yeah, it can count as a whole LP, it can count as a whole album. The only punk one that I can think of is NoFX's infamous The Decline. That goes on to 20 minutes. Right. I don't think anyone's listened to the whole thing. I haven't yet. Yeah. I've heard the first couple minutes numerous times. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know if there's anything else in punk that meets that standard. If, you, if there is, then, uh, you know, let us know. I mean, not that we'll find a way to play it on this show, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe segments of it, sure. But, oh, my God, it's just so... Why? <laughs> It's like, what can you do with just a punk track to just make it span that amount of time? Maybe I gotta go back and listen to The Decline, see what genius they had brewing in there. <laughs> it's like, if metalheads can do it, punks can do it too. I'm getting way off track. Back to Forced to Suffer. Yes, they have a single out. It's called Demonstration, but they are releasing some new shit this upcoming Halloween. I was not aware of that. And I am excited even more because I'm like, good. I've been listening to these two songs on repeat for the better part of six months now, and I need something new. I am growing to the point where I detest them at this point. Okay, just not detest entirely, <laughs> just detest enough, just currently right now. And this will be the last time I will probably listen to Pushing Through, the song that I chose, for a while. And, you know, until then, if I want to hear Forced to Suffer again, then by then their album will be out. Absolute solace. There we go. So until then, here is one of the two tracks from Demonstration. This is Pushing Through. Just 
pushing through by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Quite a positive message told in such an angry fashion. But that's a lot of hardcore songs now, is it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, forced to suffer. They, uh, they kick ass with this single, this demonstration, this whole whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I'm sure they're going to be kicking ass in whatever they're releasing next. So, and hopefully we see them back here soon on an actual on an actual tour, not just a one-off show over, uh, you know, just a couple states over from their hometown in San Jose to be like, yeah, you know what? We're going to show Salt Lake what we have. Now, okay, good. Now show the whole world what you have, guys. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have something coming out, so it will be tour-worthy then, right? Exactly. Spread that real bass shit all across the West Coast, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go in a completely different direction than you. Uh, this is a band from Venice, Italy. The band is the Polpettas. Hopefully I'm saying that right. What do you think? Polpetta. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to defer to Eric on this. Anyway, the, <laughs> the band, uh, they do brand new versions of great Italian classic songs. Uh, they released a song called Bella Ciao, which is a single for them. But they, they released that March 10th of earlier this year. I think it's fitting now. It's amongst it being Halloween, mm -hmm. and then we will transition into, at least here in the United States, that Thanksgiving season, which then kind of turns into the Christmas season and so forth, right? Wait, there's a Thanksgiving? I thought Christmas came as soon as August these days. There's <laughs> no shit in the fucking stores in the last, like, three to four weeks. <laughs> like, as soon as it hit October 1st, Christmas decorations, and I keep telling my wife, I refuse to go look at any of them. They're out of season. Like, mm -hmm. November 1st, fine, put the shit up, but fucking October 1st, it's still Halloween. Quit moving all the Halloween stuff and condensing it down into until there's nothing. <laughs> That's not how it should work. Yeah, it's like you're kind, of, uh, you're kind of missing the point of Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. You know, this isn't, this isn't what we meant. Yes, that <laughs> seems like a nightmare before Christmas for sure. Oh, yeah, Christmas before Halloween, that is a nightmare. Right. That is a nightmare. Oh, maybe that's what the actual uh, meaning of the story was. That could mm. be. Uh, but, you know how, but you know how the capitalist system must function. It's like everything must come at once. I think it, people should just be refusing to purchase any of it. That way the stores think, oh, we're fucking allocating space to shit that isn't getting purchased. Mm -hmm. Once November 1st hits, what the fuck ever. You know yeah. what I mean? Do your thing. It's like but we care about Halloween. Before. We care about Halloween and Christmas. What about the turkey? Fuck the turkey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's not a merchandising holiday. That's a food holiday. People are going to be cornering the market on stuffed birds. Right. And, uh, and, you know, then eggnog comes in. <laughs> I've got my, my dairy-free eggnog already. Uh, that I did buy, and so maybe I'm being a hypocrite when it comes to this. But when you see the dairy-free eggnog, <laughs> you have to get that shit. Hey, it's not as common. Who says eggnog's just for the holidays? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas somewhere, right? <laughs> You're right. All right. The whole point of all of that is, is also voting season. You know, it's every two years. Uh, you, there's something, right, for voting, and votes, voting season's coming up. It's election time, and so this week and next week, I have stuff uh, to play, and this is what I'm playing this week because of it. So, Bella Ciao is a powerful Italian protest folk song, and the Polpettas, is that what he said? I don't think I said it Polpettas. right. There you go. They did a version of this song. That's what we're going to listen to now. Uh, protest folk song, elections are coming, vote 
To make a difference, though, I don't know that it really makes a difference, but if you don't do anything, you already know it absolutely does nothing. So, uh, a different argument for a different day. Let's get into Bella Ciao. Yes. Una mattina, mi sono svegliato. Oh, bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, ciao, ciao. Una mattina, mi sono svegliato e ho trovato l'invaso. Un partigiano, portami via. Oh, bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, ciao, ciao. Partigiano, portami via. It's not that long, but still necessary nonetheless. Let's see. Did you pull up the uh, translated version? I wasn't catching all of that. I did not. I just, you know what? The Popetas, they reached out and it's like, hey, check out our stuff. I checked it out and I thought, you know, it's fitting time to play stuff like protest music. So I don't know exactly what their, that uh, Italian protest song protests. I have no idea. Let me see. I'm pulling up the, uh, I'm pulling up the lyrics now and I'm going to run it through the uh, little uh, translate. But in the meantime... Do you know what a uh, bella ciao actually is, or ciao bella? Uh, well, ciao is what? Goodbye? Hello? Well, yeah, it's both of those. Right. But in the context of this song, it's, it's hello. Um, and bella, that just means you're referring to somebody, a woman particularly, as beautiful. Okay. So it translates out to hello, beautiful. Okay. Yep. And as for the uh, lyrics of this song, let me, uh, let me plug it into the uh, translator here. Well, just so you know, Pulpettas, they do have several other tracks, uh, different themes. This is just the most recent one that you can find over on their Bandcamp page. But they have the Tio Toriati, which translates to Let Us Cling Together, Se Bastasse Una Canzone, and several others. There's a lot of other right. tracks, football tracks, uh, uh, quite the variety that they've done, and looks like most of, I think, most of the singles. So go check them out there. Eric, did you find yeah. what you're looking for? Yes, I did. Okay. And it's basically saying, um, yeah, hello, beautiful, one morning I got up and I found the invader. Let's see, Partis oh, partisan, take me away. Oh, beautiful, hello, hello, beautiful, hello, hello, hello. Partisan, take me away, that I feel like dying. So, yeah, and it just kind of uh, repeats that. Okay. And then towards the uh, end, it's like, and if I die as a partisan, you must bury me and bury me up there in the mountains. Oh, hello, beautiful. Hello, beautiful. And, a her and bury, yeah, bury, up, bury me up there in the mountains under the shade of a beautiful flower. 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 So that's uh, roughly what it translates out to. Okay. And do you know what uh, the pulpetas translates to? I have no idea. 
The meatballs. The meatballs, nice. The meatballs. <laughs> so oh, there you awesome. go. You got the meatballs covering this classic Italian uh, protest folk song with uh, really deep and uh, sort of dreary lyrics like that. <laughs> That's oh, amazing. Yep. I did not look up any of those. I just want to thank the band for reaching out, getting the music on the radar. Happy to play some some protest music, even though I'm not exactly sure what that is uh, protesting. But it's obviously a relevant folk protest song, which probably has been around for a long time there in Italy. Yeah. I don't know. It's like I forget the meaning of uh, partisan. It's it's been a while since I've been like submerged in uh, political. Uh, terms right well uh partisan will so when you're bipartisan it is two groups right so partisan would be uh i don't know separate a strong supporter of a party okay okay so it's like if you're gonna die for what you believe in pretty much okay it's like whatever side you're on if you're gonna if you are committed to the message of that side then you will die with it okay well all right. That's that kind of what I'm getting. That's the Pulpettas. Uh, it's like I said, it's election season as well. Uh, let's get into Halloween season. We still have a couple more weeks. This week and next week, we're going to play some Halloween tracks. Yes, we will. And so on this one, uh, we're playing a band called Maggot House. I want to thank Bruce Young for reaching out, getting this on our radar. I just played a track off of Creeps Unite, which is an EP that he a.k.a. Maggot House, released, which was on October 13th. So brand new stuff here. And you can go check them out, Bandcamp, iTunes, and so forth. And you can go check them out. Uh, the track that I played from Maggot House from Creeps Unite on Punkanoi Worldwide's episode, Halloween episode, is Creep Night. And there is a Creep Night Treats Mix, which is different that's also out there as a single, so you can go check that out. Uh, the band, if you're curious, comes from his love of the Misfits and the Spits and a decade of 80s horror movies and the most extravagant Halloweens imaginable. Uh, the type of music is horror punk and synth punk combination there, which uh, I think it was maybe a little more horror punk on Creeps Unite, or Creep Night, sorry, Creeps Unite is the it name of the album. It's got an electronic feel to it, and yeah. some of the and one of the songs that I heard it gets a little uh, more closely related to ministry rather than the likes of I don't know uh, early Killing Joke, right? So it's uh, so yeah, it's sort of like uh, I wouldn't say too much a uh, synth. I would say more dark wave. Cool. Well, dark wave has synthesizers. That's yes, how we're does. bridging all that together. Anyway, uh, thank you, Bruce. The band, him, from Brooklyn. Again, it came out October 13th. We're going to play a different track since we already played uh, Creep Night. And I recommend going and checking out the, the Treats Mix version, which is not on the four-track EP, but you can go find that over on iTunes. Uh, the track that we are going to play, Eric picked it out. It is Look How Scary I Am. Uh, it's not too long either. It's only clocking in at a minute 23, a little bit longer than Bella Chow, which was a minute and 18. But... Mm -hmm. Check it out. You can, you'll be able to listen to the whole four track in under 10 minutes. Uh, here we go. Maggot House. Look how scary I am.
there he goes. There you are. Yep. Go check out the rest. It's cool stuff. That's Maggot House. Yep, Maggot House. You know, it's just like it's got a... It's got an inviting name that just sounds like you're going in for uh, the style of like an 80s thrasher movie. And then you're going in and you're basically seeing uh, the equivalent of Christopher Lee's Dracula. Right. You know, it's, or even like a Scooby-Doo episode. This sounds like the, <laughs> it sort of sounds like a heavier version of the theme music that they would play in the, uh, in the old show in the 60s. This could have been on like the, the Munsters too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all those old school. Rob uh, Zombie should have hit ones. up Maggot House to include that on the Munsters soundtrack. Yeah, he probably would have uh, forced them to be heavier. <laughs> <laughs> that could be, that could be. All right, good stuff. Go check out Maggot House. That is our Halloween themed music. We do have a couple great cover to cover albums for this episode. But before we get there, as we do, we like to talk about live shows, promote live shows, because live shows, they are so important to the punk music scene. Indeed, they are. So, Eric, what did you go see this past week? Well, what did you play this last week? I played a show. <laughs> it was a house show. And it, it sort of evolved into a house show. It was meant to be a backyard one. Okay. <laughs> but it was on Saturday. And if you were in Salt Lake on Saturday, you know what happened. Mother Nature decided to take a piss on all of us. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so we didn't exactly have any, uh, any means of covering all gear and also, we would have been played in a lot of mud. So, didn't seem like that good of an idea. I mean, it could have been, it could have been cool. All we needed was a canopy. <laughs> you would have had your own Woodstock, right? That's mm-hmm. When I think of muddy shows, I think of the pictures from Woodstock. And when I think of muddy shows, I think of uh, uh, this one Lollapalooza fest when uh, Descendants were playing. And pretty much everyone going around the circle pit was just caked in mud. <laughs> All of them were just... All of these people, it's like, you couldn't tell what color they were. They were brown. <laughs> Just dark brown. It's like, all right, that's at a descended show. <laughs> nice. Anyway, yeah, we, so we moved, the, <clears throat> we moved the party inside, and that's where most everybody stayed, unless you had to go out for a smoke. And also what was funny about this show, an artist got added at the last minute. If you've been paying attention to, I don't know, uh, TikTok or anything like that, there was this, uh, there's this guy who sort of went viral, and he's only by known as Steel Beans. And he's the guy who is a one-man band playing guitar and drums and singing at the same time. Nice. So it's like in between guitar riffs, he is hitting part of a drum, uh, part of a drum set. And we he's got like a full Abe and set his babe. We played Abe and his babe, same, same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and this guy was like, okay, he went viral, and now I guess it's uh, time to tour. And my friend, uh, uh, my friend was trying to find him a show, and it's like, hey, what if we put him on your show? I'm like, it's not my show. Get in touch with uh, Jay, the guy from Marine Corps. That's his house. So, yeah, I'm sure we could squeeze him in. I'm sure he won't mind. We just got to confirm it. And, yep, squeeze him right on in there. And he was a... Uh, yeah, really nice guy. He came in dressed like, dressed like fucking Colonel Sanders. He had a big old uh, white suit and a white hat on. I was like, oh, this guy, he looks like, a, <laughs> he looks like the spitting image of a southern gentleman. Nice. <laughs> I was just waiting for that accent to come out, but no. And everyone was, uh, yeah, there was the colonel and also from my generation, there was this character in the show Fairly Odd Parents called Doug Dimidome, and he looked exactly like that. 
just a white suit and a 10,000 gallon hat. That was some sort of a gimmick. His hat was so big that it just went right off screen. Wow. So yeah, a lot of people were going into that. Uh, performance wise, yeah, he was great. I saw a bit of his, uh, I saw a bit of his performance. I was uh, too busy drinking, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that happens. I watched Suffocator's set. I watched uh, part of Raid's set. <coughs> it was awesome to see Raid. Oh, and then we played, and oh boy, we played like shit. <laughs> we played so... We weren't terrible. We were just really not in it. Because it was a combination of, one, the PA that we had was not that great. We could barely hear each other. Two... We were minus one guitarist. Our guitarist, DK, was out in Vegas attending the When We Were Young Festival. Okay. And if you knew what was going on down there, well, it, it kind of turned into a shit show. At least on the first day, the show got canceled be, also because of weather conditions. But he wasn't there for the first day. He was there for the second day. I'm lucky like, him. Okay, yeah, lucky <laughs> him. Anyway, then we went to... Then the third idea... The third idea... The third problem that we had was we were all too drunk. <laughs> I mean, we were missing parts and songs. We were, like, going too early on certain points, too late on others. And I was, I thought I remembered some words. I can't remember. And all ten of the people that were watching us, I'm sure they didn't notice. <laughs> the thing was, we played in the what used to be called the Dis House. Now, the Dis House... If I, I doubt any old school guys are listening to this, but that was the uh, squat up in, uh, I don't want to say North Salt Lake, but it was around the Rose Park area. And that was where all the, all the noise bands, all the crusties, and all, the, all those types, the train hopper punks, the disc bands that we called it. They all performed out of there. They were operating out of there, making their shirts, their patches. They were playing shows there. And I've been to quite a few shows there, and it is as demented as it sounds. To, let me put it this way. Now the walls are addicted to heroin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the house, it was functioning as a sort of squat. And, you know, people are coming and going, and the people who used to live there when uh, Conrad and Sam... Uh, both with the uh, with the prename Dis <laughs> or Discoid, Discoid Sam, Discoid Conrad. Uh, yeah, they moved out of there, and then uh, Raji, uh, Ronnie, and Badger from uh, uh, Gag Order, they moved in there, and then they had since moved up to Portland. So the Dis House was no more. Although on the flyer it was advertised as the Dis House, just to sort of like remind everybody. And Conrad and Sam actually showed up at the house and just was like, dude. Why are you calling it the Dis House? We were the Dis House. We don't live here anymore. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, we're planning on changing the name. And I even post what I was posting about it on my band's Facebook page. It was like, we're playing at the Dis House, in parentheses, under new management. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of joking, but I'm like, uh, yeah, it is. I mean, they don't live there anymore. <laughs> They're not managing this. So they literally just came by, not to, not to cause a ruckus, but to just sort of say, yeah, just call it something different <laughs> because that name is attached to us and we didn't sell it to you or anything like that. I mean, obviously, the, do you think these kids believe in contracts? <laughs> <laughs> so now they're like, uh, there's a working title called the Slut Hut. Okay. Yeah. 
But as my friend Zach pointed out, he said, they can call it whatever they want. We'll always know it as the Dis House. <laughs> I remember the first show that I went to there, the first show, it was Drunk as Shit CD release party. And let me point out this basement. This basement is got maybe 15 feet by 10 feet. And that's it. <laughs> Most of the people are watching the show from the stairwell. <laughs> oh, God. And Drunk as Shit, they were a five-piece band at that time. Three full stacks of, of amplifiers, a drum set, and a vocalist. That was Kevin Farrow. And maybe, uh, maybe 15 to 20 people were crammed in there. And like the uh, three by ten space of an audience <laughs> of a general admission area. Wow. <laughs> and, oh my God, beer was squirting and spraying everywhere. Chris Drellinger somehow managed to crowd surf on the little foot of headspace. <laughs> and of course people were moshing. People had no choice but to mosh. And it's like, hey, you don't have to worry about falling down. You're just going to fall onto another person. <laughs> it was, uh, that was a wild show. So was I kind of expecting that? Uh, maybe a little bit, but... You know, it was, uh, it would have, ex if the show was that crazy, it would have excused a lot of our shortcomings on there, but... Uh, but like I said earlier, but prior to recording, we had such a great show, probably our best show that we ever played at Oliver. And then we had this one, which was not necessarily our worst show, but it definitely cut us down to size. <laughs> We're just like, okay, okay, don't, don't fly too high above the clouds because <laughs> as soon as you come crashing down to earth, it's going to hurt so bad. Right. And yeah, this one is like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll cut our losses on this one. Despite that we didn't play that good, we still had fun. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun. We were in good company. There wasn't any, you know, label scouts or anything right there. It was just a bunch of our friends, and they knew the setting. They knew what was going to happen. It was like, yeah, what do you expect? Except some of our friends decided to dip out early because who should be playing the same night but the Queers and Teenage Bottle Rocket at Aces High. Right. And I was, uh, I was even debating uh, just hopping over there to see them play because, you know, they're awesome. Right. <laughs> and I was at Aces earlier, and this has not nothing to do with the shows, but my friend Nick and Parker are like, uh, uh, sort of started a Aces High chess club. And he made a post uh, in the little Facebook group. Yes, they made a Facebook group for this, too. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, hey, I'll be at Aces with my chessboard. and want to come by? I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll come by. I'll dust off my old little chess-moving fingers. <laughs> oh, man, I hadn't, played, I hadn't played chess in so many years. I even told him, yeah, in second grade, I was in chess club. as <laughs> sort of like faux bragging rights. Nice. Oh, God. And I went there, played against my friend Kyle, and he... And he was winning, but I ended up taking over. I was like, first time I played chess in maybe five or six years, and I just handed his ass back to him. Nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was pretty great. And up until that point, Kyle was undefeated. I go, I took down the champion. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now I just got to scream, uh, oh, man, what was the... Oh, yeah. Adrian! Adrian! <laughs> Checkmate! <laughs> nice. That's so yeah, awesome. I know that had, that had nothing to do with the show, but it had to do with the community. It's nice to know that there's some uh, punks, metalheads, and hardcore kids that are still, they still have some semblance of sophistication to sit down and play chess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, rest assured, I guess. <laughs> right. 
Anyway, I heard good things about the queers and Bottle Rocket, and I'm like, yeah, I've seen them both at the same time almost 10 years prior. In 2013, I went to see both of them at the Shred Shed. Nice. Yeah, and that was a, that was a crazy show. The queers, they were really great, and Bottle Rocket, they killed it. I've seen Bottle Rocket about six times right now, and every show I was like, yep, they know what they're doing. Right. Always having fun, always bringing the, always bringing the same energy. Even though, uh, yeah, man, R.I.P. Brandon, Brandon Carlisle. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, I think it's six years that he's been, uh, you know, pushed off of this mortal plane. And he was a great drummer. And you can kind of tell that him and his brother Brandon, who's the lead singer, you can tell they were the metalheads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell it was their idea to write the song Headbanger. <laughs> yeah, but they were good. They were great live. Kind of bummed that I didn't get to see him this time, but hey, it happens. Right. <laughs> By the looks of them, it's not like they're going to be slowing down anytime soon. I agree. And looking forward to hearing some new stuff. Uh, what about anything else in, uh, in that realm? Uh, no, there were no, show, there were no shows else that I attended to that week. But I will be attending some upcoming ones. <laughs> nice. Well, I'll mention a few shows. You mentioned some shows, then we'll get back into those albums. Uh, I want to thank uh, Billy Weasel. I meant to mention this as well last week. I forgot, but I'm going to get it this week and next week as the show is coming up. Uh, Billy used to live here in Salt Lake, currently lives in Bremerton, Washington. Uh, he has a joint benefit show booked for People's Harm Reduction Alliance and Food Not Bombs on November 12th at the Charleston in Bremerton, Washington. The lineup is John D. Reveler, Worth Nothing, uh, Baptation, Baptation, yeah, I said that right. Uh, and Awake Amongst the Dead. Uh, doors open at 8. Tickets are 8 to $6 with any warm weather clothing donation. So help out there. Uh, that's awesome. Make sure you go check out that show. I'm going to mention that one again next week. So if you're anywhere near Bremerton, uh, you got a bunch of bands to go check out. Inexpensive price. You can help out. Uh, by bringing some warm weather clothing for donation. And man, six to eight bucks, four bands. Great deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, then there's a handful <laughs> of other shows. I think these are mostly shows that I mentioned recently. There's Punk in the Park, which is November 5th and 6th in Oak Canyon Park in Orange County, California. Uh, I'm just going to mention a few of the bands. On the Saturday, the bigger named bands are Bad Religion, Face to Face, Dead Kennedys, uh, the Bronx, Subhumans, The Briefs, several other bands. Go check them out at Punk in the Park. Uh, the Sunday bands are Dropkick Murphys, Bouncing Souls, Murder City Devils, Anti-Flag, Good Riddance, Agent Orange, Voodoo, Ghost, Voodoo Glow Skulls, Swingin' Utters, <laughs> Channel 3. There's a lot of bands. Just go check out Punk in the Park if you want to go see that. Uh, they're going to have three-hour unlimited beer tastings there as well. So go check out Punk in the Park. <laughs> You know the term, handing the kid the keys to the candy store? Yeah. Handing the punks the keys to the bar. Right. Unlimited beer tasting. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's right. see how many tastes it takes to get plastered. <laughs> right. There's going to be a lot of tasting going on, so hopefully they've got a lot of beer there. Uh, that's in Orange County. Then the Dead Boys doing their reanimated tour with The Breeps and Susie Moon. Uh, they are currently at the stage where they'll be heading from east. So they just wrapped up in Philly on the 25th. Uh, they'll be heading out west to San Diego on the 4th. 
Silverado on the 5th, San Jose on the 6th, San Francisco on the 7th, Fresno, Reno, Eugene, Portland, Seattle, Boise, Salt Lake City on the 15th, and then Fort Collins and Denver wrapping up on the 17th. So I'll mention more of those dates coming up, but Dead Boys, The Brief, Susie Moon coming out west, uh, Scalloween uh, over there in California, it's on the 29th at the Concert Lounge, and that is in Riverside, California. It's on October 29th, $20 in advance, or $20 with costumes. Make sure you show up in a costume. Features the bands Eight Calacas, La Pobresca, Cerebro Negro, Descarados, Onk, Bad Boy Dance Party. So go check those out. There's another one uh, featuring costumes, so show up in a costume at the Asteroid M Halloween Party. It's an all-ages show in Las Vegas. It's concert in the park. It'll be at the 3rd Street event space. Uh, you can go see Desert Island Boys, Eclipse, Three Rounds, Anti-Vision, The Red Sea, and Horror Palation. Looks like it starts at 7. It's on October 29th. Go check it out. Asteroid M Halloween Party. Love Asteroid M Records. They're awesome. Also on the 29th, uh, this one is in Boyle Heights, which is, where is Boyle Heights? I don't know. It's somewhere in California. I'm sorry that I don't have the, the city right offhand, but uh, a lot of cool bands. You can go check out these bands. Uh, at, it's Badass, Revolt and Destroy, Makosos, The Valicia, The Valicia, Valisa. I can't tell with that font, sorry. Trasura and Chronic Condition. That is on the 29th, 8 p.m. And it is a 21 and older show at the Boulevard. So go to Boyle Heights. Go check out all of those cool bands. Uh, what do we got left? Looks like two shows left. The Underdogs of Chaos Tour. Uh, the Valicia and Makosos with Usurpers and Power Beer and Badmouth. All here in Salt Lake at Oliver, and that is November 3rd. It's an all-ages show that is 10 bucks. so get to that one. That is next, was that next Thursday? Yeah, the uh, 3rd? Yep, next yep. Thursday, the 3rd. And then final one that I'm going to mention is going to be on, uh, it's, an, it's Frisky Morris and Friends bring you the old school hardcore show. It's 21 and older. It starts at 9 p.m. It's only five bucks. It's at the Liars Club in Chicago. Uh, it'll be on November 12th featuring the Creepers, Brain Bleed, Fighting for Scraps, Two Minute Miners, last Chicago show ever. They're winding down as a band. Citizen uh, and through and through. So that is one you definitely want to get to. Eric, that's all I've got. What do you have to add? Well, I have to add that I looked up the uh, Dead Boys when they were coming to Utah, and apparently that show got canceled. No shit? <laughs> yeah. I just saw a post on uh, yeah, Urban Lounge. That was who was hosting the show, right. but they canceled it. I don't know why. I'll have to look that up. The, I was just reading off the flyer. I really wanted to see Dead Boys, The Briefs, and Susie Moon. That's fucking, I want to see all of them. Yeah. It's bullshit. That's, that really sucks. It sure does. God, I hope, uh, well, I hope the band's all right. I hope it's not a, anything crazy like that. Right? But still, though, what bullshit. Agreed. Okay. But anyway, for shows that are confirmed that will be coming up, the 28th, Turnstile, Snail Mail, JPEG Mafia, all at the complex. It started at, it'll start at 6 p.m., $35 entry, but it's the complex. So 
you know, you're going to be paying out the ass for uh, all those little <laughs> added fees. Right. So I, I play, I'd say play, pay closer, Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> to about $45 rather than 35 it Sucks. Or you can buy your tickets at the door, and then it's closer to the original price. Um, but I don't have to worry about that because I'll be seeing a free show at the Ice House. I will be seeing my friends in the One Too Many's with Hi-Fi Murder, LSDO, and Utah County Swillers bring in their bring in celebration of their new album, the One Too Many's album, which I said was the big score. And they will have vinyls there. This is the first time uh, that, uh, at least from Kid, that he said he's been pressed on wax in every band that he had been in. Cool. So I'm like, I'm stoked for you. By the way, Kid's the guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll be going to that one. And if you want to join, like I said, it's at the Ice House. It's a, it's a bar, so 21 plus, and it's 8 p.m., and it's free as fuck. Anyway, on Halloween, on Halloween, my band will be having a bit of a redemption round. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's a anonymous, the band. And we will be playing with... Portraits, Lovelace, Sunfish, Bound, Mummy, and Drag. That is a loaded, that is a loaded bill. And get this, we are playing outside of a soda bar. Pretty sure it's Fizz Drinks. We're playing in their parking lot. Cool. And for those of you who don't know where that is, it is at 10309 South Redwood Road. That's in South Jordan. I don't know how they're making this work, but apparently they are. So, I mean, if we have a show, we'll show up. We'll play it. We just only ask that everyone else show up. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, they also there will also be vendors. There will be a barbecue there. And also they're going – and also they – God, what are they, what are they saying? They're insisting. There we go. Also, they insist that you show up in a costume. You'll get a discount. It's a free show. So <laughs> I hope to see all of you guys there. Apparently, there's some hype being built up around it, but that's, I heard that through the grapevine of all these, uh, all these bands. And it's pretty cool because a lot of these bands I know have, a, have a members that are underage. I know this because I have asked them to uh, hop on bills when we were playing at bars or if there was a show at a bar that people were asking me to help out to find bands, which I've done many times before. I've asked these guys, most of them, and they said, yeah, we're uh, not of age yet. <laughs> Jesus, okay. <laughs> we're that old. <laughs> but it's nice. awesome. It's nice to know the kids are still forming bands and that they're still looking up to us, and they're like, hey, will you old folks come play a show with us? I'm, I'm <laughs> sure they're not thinking that, but I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I'd rather play to all-ages shows because they bring the they bring the veracity more than bar shows because, you know, everyone's there, they're drinking a beer, they're just kind of chilling, and the music is just sort of a byproduct, unless you're a renowned band. Right. You know, and we are, you know, we're just, uh, we're just another local band. I mean, we're renowned within our own community. People love us, but... We're not, some, we're not the type of band that people are going to flock to. And I know that. But we'll still play as fast and as hard as we want. Anyway, that'll be Halloween. First time I ever played a show on Halloween. So this is a nice little, uh, this is a nice little boost for me. That's awesome. Right after that, on the 1st, 
at the Beehive, Varials, Orthodox, Boundaries, and Distinguished will all be playing together at 6 p.m. That is going to be a $17 show. And if you're uh, purchasing at the door, it's $20. But all four of those bands kick ass. I know I'll be going mainly to see Orthodox because, oh, man, I've loved those guys for a while now. <laughs> they are brutal. Uh, I still have to get, I still have to uh, give the, I can't even remember the title of the album they just released. <laughs> Damn. That's how much I've been, that's how much new music I've been swimming in. <laughs> I forget where things are. I forget the names of the albums. <laughs> I mean, I just, just driving down here today, I just reminded myself, oh yeah, Funeral Sheik's new album. I haven't listened to that in a while. Maybe I should go back and check it out. So I've been listening to that. Oh, God. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> I'm excited to see that show. On the second, for all you uh, old school MySpace uh, Scene Kid Metalcore fans, I Prevail with and Pierce the Veil and Fit for a King will all be coming to the complex. Oh, and Stand Atlantic. Stand Atlantic. All at the complex. It's a $40 show. The same thing flies with those fucking fees. And that's going to be starting at 7 p.m. And on the third, the Underdogs of Chaos tour at Oliver Rock. I will reiterate what Dustin said in case you missed it the first time. The Valicia, Mocosos, Badmouth, Power Beer, and Usurpers. Oh, man, just the locals are enough to get me there. But Valicia and Mocosos, I'm excited for. Once again, $10, 6 p.m. Don't be fucking late. <laughs> and on the fourth, Versus Self, Fuckskin, Slate, Portraits, and Halbrook. Halbrook. Yeah, Halbrook Drive will be playing at the Beehive. That will be a $10 show starting at 7 p.m. And that's all I got for the upcoming shows in the next week and a half. Well, let's get back to the music then. We have a couple great cover-to-cover -cover albums. Eric's is an EP, but great cover-to-cover -cover EPs the same. Technically, what I'm going to be doing is about an EP, but we'll get into mine when it's time. Mm. Eric, what do you have? I got some of the scariest sounding hardcore music that you will hear. <laughs> I mean, this is a band that is just really unsettling. Ever since I heard the opening notes of their first album, oh God, I was like, hold on, hold on, let me, uh, let me get settled. And then after listening to it, I'm like, do I like this? I can't tell <laughs> if I like this. This is a little strange. But then I put uh, it on again and I eventually submitted. I'm like, yeah, the, these guys, holy Fuck, what did they do? What did they do? Well, here's what they did. They took the weird kind of stringy, intonated notes and uh, little guitar, uh, I don't want to say melodies, but, you know, the weird stuff that you hear from Korn. You know, the stuff that's like the opening riff to Blind? Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, those yeah. type of notes. So they took that. Uh, they took the uh, absolute the tuning of Slipknot. And they took a little bit of the uh, tremolo and blast beat, tremolo riffing and blast beat drumming from uh, Grindcore. And they just all rolled it up and threw it in through a filter of Hatebreed. And what did you get? You get disembodied. <laughs> and holy fuck, these guys. Could you call them a metal band? Sure. Could you call them a hardcore band? Well, I guess, but... Honestly, they just stand on their own. <laughs> they are just an anomaly <laughs> that just sort of transcends genres. But the one thing that everyone can agree on is they are brutal as hell. Oh, God, those, uh, just those disheveling guitar passages, those, 
those vocals that go from like sort of muttering, sounding like you're swaying back and forth in a straight jacket in a padded room, and then all of a sudden, yeah, <laughs> you suddenly have a fucking mental breakdown. And that's kind of what they're singing about. I talked about these guys a couple years ago. I was talking about their album, Diablery. That was my introduction to them. And I specifically, I didn't choose the song, the opening song of that album, Anvil Chandelier, but I do want to talk about that because the first thing you hear off of what that was their debut album, the first thing that you hear when you check out a band called Disembodied is the sound your alarm clock makes. That is the type of chords that opens up. It's just... And that was my introduction to them. That was how I knew I was in for something really, really sick. <laughs> and I mean that in pretty much every sense of the word. They are a sick band. And, but what do they sing about? They are just like a riddled with this imagery of Satanism and occultist shit. And they sing about addiction. They sing about mental struggles. They sing about some of the kind of the everyday struggles that we go through in life. And I'm like, okay, but you're feeling it a little harder than the rest <laughs> of us. It's like, yeah. Why do you think we sound like we're singing from a fucking mental ward? <laughs> oh, okay. And that brings us to uh, the first song that I chose. I was kind of giving it a toss-up. I'm like, do I want to choose uh, Heroin Fingers or do I want to choose uh, Dislocated? And I was thinking of Heroin Fingers, and that's heroin spelled with an E at the end, as in the female equivalent of a hero. Heroin Fingers. Right. <laughs> but it is a song about the struggles of addiction and just sort of like... Uh, worshiping at the altar of your drug. It's basically the ruler of you. And, but then I was thinking, uh, well, the two songs that I chose, they're kind of built the same musically. They're slow, they're kind of ominous, and they just have a lot of uh, rallying cries. And I'm thinking, while I love Heroin Fingers, I decided to go with uh, Dislocated. It has its uh, faster parts. It has the stuff that I was saying earlier. It kind of has the blast beats, and it has those, uh, and it has those weird, uh, what is it, those chromatic scales that you hear in a lot of death metal bands. Like, you think death metal guitar? Yeah, that's basically what you have in this song. <laughs> and if anything, the, uh, the lyrics, which I'll talk about in a second, they are talking about uh, mental struggles. Like, one right here is uh, the, pretty much the opening riffs is like, when all your friends opening lyrics, when all your friends are gone and all your hope is gone too, when the dust is finally settled to the ground, when you're left dealing with yourself, can you handle it? Can you stand it? Can you when you can't stand yourself, when you can't stand your life, <laughs> when you can't love yourself, how can you love anyone else? So yeah, it's stuff like that that sounds like, uh, sounds like some weird little uh, Buddhist quote that you see in a frame on every... Uh, white girl's house <laughs> but the way it's presented in this song oh yeah there's uh they beat it in a different way it's not just something that they're uh you know putting up as like an inspirational quote every time they come home and just like yeah i got this it's like oh god i'm losing this <laughs> so that's what the song dislocated is about now keep all what i said in mind 
and just listen to this music and see which side you're leaning towards. Sounds like he's, uh, it sounds like the singer is just in an argument, just sort of berating this person in front of him. But is he not just uh, berating in front of a mirror? Oh. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, it doesn't specify what's what or who's who in that song. It just kind of leaves it open to interpretation. And I like that about these songs. You can just kind of take it whichever way. It's like, are you arguing with yourself? Or are you just literally about to strangle this fucking person? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I like to think of it as a bit more introspective. I think that's what the song is uh, going for. Because that just seems to be the overall theme. 
It's like if you take these the lyrics of these songs and you put it in the same the same musical context and delivery of a band like Brand New, it would just sound like your run of the mill uh, you know second wave emo song, which is fair, but that's their style. They're a little bit more uh, subdued. They kind of keep themselves a little more reserved. It's a uh, you know Midwest emo, mom's living room music. <laughs> and these guys, they're like uh, yeah, squat basement music. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're pretty uh, ridiculous. I don't know the history of the band per se. Uh, that's just what I that's just what I envision when I hear the music and think of the lyrics that go along with it. I'm like, these guys are. Uh, these guys are fucked. <laughs> oh, God. Another reason why I wanted to play it right now is like, yeah, the music is scary, but it does have a connection to Halloween. This was the band that Crow Killer covered. Nice. Yeah, and that was a great time. I mean, Disembodied is one of those bands that not a lot of people talk about in the scene, but everybody knows them. And as soon as you get someone talking about it, there's like, oh, yeah, dude, let me tell you. <laughs> Oh, man. And it's, it's good to know that they get a lot of love. And that was definitely represented when they were singing the songs that everybody else knows. You know, everyone's clamoring for, uh, for Seven Stitches, going, Seven Stitches, across my heart! Or for Heroin Fingers, Can you save me? But probably the biggest pileup, and I have seen one other band cover this song. That band was called Outlet. They're from, uh, I believe, Pocatello. But they are from Idaho. I know that. I just can't remember which city. Uh, they covered this song. And, of course, Crow Killer doing a disembodied set. It would just be incomplete. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be worth doing the entire set without this song. Everybody knows it. The song is called Gone. And I won't give away the uh, buildup. I won't give away the mic grab moment. The lyrics that everybody is chanting and just and just like climbing over each other, uh, each other to get to the lead singer to just kind of grab that mic and sing it into there. Yeah, it's uh, it's the song. <laughs> <laughs> you'll know it when you you'll know it when you hear it. If you listen to enough hardcore music as I have, yeah, you can point it out just as easily as you know any run of the mill hate breed knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is gone.
Could you point it out? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the pile-ups. Both times, both times I heard that song played live by an, another band, of course. I haven't seen Disembodied Live yet. I will get there. <laughs> the Yeah, the pile-ups on that thing were just maniacal. People really wanted to sing those two words. That's all that there was to it. It's just two words, and it goes a long way. Yeah, And again, it's getting a lot of uh, introspection on here. I mean... I mean, yeah, he's obviously uh, singing about himself. Like, he's speaking in the first person. Right. It's like someone... But the way that I'm feeling it is like, when you say disappear, do you mean like physically disappear? Like just pack up your shit and just, uh, you know, you know, grab a hobo pack on the end of the stick and just go out into the world and just not tell anybody? Don't leave a return address? (laughs) (laughs) Or do you... Are you just thinking like uh, actually leave? You know what I mean, leave. <laughs> Will anybody notice? Will anybody care? Yeah, that's how really dark these guys get. Yeah. And pretty fucking scary. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's the season, right? <laughs> right, no kidding. Yeah, I know. But you know, they're obviously still here. They're obviously still around. They're still kicking it. They got the. They got a huge cult following, and I kind of mean cult in a, sort of the same sense. Because <laughs> again, if you just see the imagery that they put uh, that they put out there, especially in their uh, their album 
which is literally called The Heretic. They actually have a, car- a cartoon, not a, not a cartoon, a painting of the Baphomet on there. And they don't really sing about that stuff, at least not to, uh, not to my uh, recollection. Maybe I got to do some uh, deeper diving on here. But, <laughs> but the thing is, Disembodied, oh shit, I am so glad that you are still around and you have made the music that you, that you have made. Because it inspired so many bands. So many bands. I think they finally cracked the code of Disembodied. As soon as they found out those uh, intonated chords, it's like, uh, okay, now I know what to do here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and most of the hardcore bands that I have played in, yeah, they got those little, uh, they got those little intonations on there. My band uses them too. <laughs> and, uh, everyone, uh, everyone caught the bug. But yeah, disembodied. God only knew the rest were dead. That was the EP. That is the one that. Many hardcore kids flock to. They just kind of hold that to the degree of uh, the likes of Satisfaction is the Death of Desire or Jane Doe. It is, a, it is a pillar in hardcore inspiration. And I can say why. I agree. Awesome. Well, I'm not playing a hardcore band. I'm going a little bit different than Eric. Uh, this band I just came across recently. The band's pretty new. They started in 2020. The band's called Hometown Addiction. They're from Northern California, not specifically, I don't know specifically where, uh, but when bands follow either Punkanoid Worldwide or SLC Punkcast on social media, if I'm unfamiliar, I definitely check them out. I checked these guys out as they followed one of them, I don't remember which one, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Like, wow, I really like this. I'm glad I came across. I even reached out and said, hey, thank you for reaching out because I checked out your stuff and I really dig it. Uh, Hometown Addiction this year released... Hometown Addiction, a.k.a. Part 1, and it's seven tracks, and they released that April 18th of this year, and then I think the following month, I want to say it was May, it might have been June, they released Part 2, which is seven more tracks, so it's what I was talking about, uh, you picked an EP, well this is kind of an EP, close to anyway, only seven tracks, but they released a month apart, uh, basically two seven-track releases, Part 1 and Part 2. And maybe that's just easier, better, I don't know, than releasing a 14-tracker. But it has two different album artworks, and uh, it's cool nonetheless. Yeah, it's sort of like releasing a double LP. Right? Pretty close. Uh, yeah, I guess it would make sense if, you have a, if you're doing an album that you know, could so easily be split up into two parts. Right. But you want to like... A, it's like the first part is very distinct in its uh, uh, in its musical setting, whereas the second part just kind of shifts everything a little ways. That could be too. Yeah, that's how I would see it. That's something that I've thought of in uh, the creation of my LP. <laughs> this will be coming out sometime in the next uh, couple of decades. <laughs> but yeah, that is what I thought. Is like, uh, yeah, this could be like album part two. Right. So that's a that's what I would would like to assume that these what these guys are doing because even when Violent Unrest you know the Violent Unrest Violent Affair right when they did those uh, that string of uh, four EPs and they had them like in very specific tunings right yeah that was a yeah that was an interesting endeavor absolutely and yeah one that I can't think of I can't think of any other at least punk band that did that I can't think of any other. Uh, rock and roll band that did that. That sounds like Very something detailed. that's... Very detailed. Yeah, that'd be something like... 
you have to think that shit out too. Do. Yeah, you have to. It's not like you stumble upon happening. Like, oh, well, look what we kind of started. Let's kind of continue this. That's like <laughs> right? some shit that takes actual planning. <clears throat> yeah, it's like you're not just running with it. You're just, uh, yeah, you're getting very precise on these things. So, so go check out that Violent Unfair. Yeah. But this one, Hometown Addiction, uh, I, I really like both releases. And uh, we're going to do part one now. And maybe on an episode coming up before too long, I'll probably end up doing part two because I really liked them both. Uh, on part one, though, we're going to play a couple tracks. I think you should go check them all out. Or that, this release, and the other. You can find them on their Bandcamp page and over on iTunes. Hometown Addiction off of part one. We're going to check out Death is a Feeling first, so here it is. Death is a feeling. Girlfriend problems? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. That was, so on both of those releases, they did release a single for each one early, even though those releases were very close to the same time uh, when they came out. But that was the first single or the single released for part one, a.k.a. the title, band self-titled, 
version. Uh, yeah, there you go. Home, hometown <laughs> addiction. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, it's funny. They're like the antithesis of a pop punk band, where every pop punk band always sings about how much they hate their hometown. <laughs> but these guys just seem to uh, be content with collecting moss. Yes, and again, I don't know exactly where the hometown is. It is Northern California somewhere, but Northern California is kind of a region, not a town. So uh, there you go. But if I figure it out, I'll let you know when we do part two. All right. Because I probably will. I like them both. I think they're both really cool. Uh, we'll play one more off of the self-titled here, part one. It's called Made. forget working class did make this right absolutely uh i really dig that band i think you should go check it out uh, hometown addiction from northern california that was death is a feeling made eric we got to wrap the show up let's wrap it up what do you got to wrap up the show with well i got i got the newest from dropkick murphy's <laughs> now i will uh oh, just give me one second i have to uh, prep something up here Okay, well, uh, the new Dropkick Murphys is the acoustic-ish album of sorts or whatever, right? Not acoustic-ish, it is acoustic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is the This Machine Still Kills Fascists. Yep, This Machine Still Kills Fascists. It is a reference to the uh, famous Woody Guthrie release. You know, This Machine Kills Fascists. And... Looking on their, uh, looking on the roster, the personnel that they had, it seems that uh, 
<clears throat> it seems that Woody Guthrie had a hand in, not exactly a hand, but more of like an inspiration behind the lyrics of these songs. Because I'm looking at the, I was looking at the personnel of each song, and it was like, yeah, Woody Guthrie was featured in this track. Woody Guthrie? Is he even alive anymore? <laughs> I don't think he's alive. <laughs> so, so yeah, wasn't wasn't able to get much uh, background on that, but the songs the songs themselves, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. It took me a while to get to this album because I had to uh, I had to kind of catch up. I did not know the I was not aware of the. Uh, no, I was aware of the releases they had before uh, before this one. And the titles, I can't even really remember. I know that they had a Turn Up That Dial. That was the album yeah. that came out in 2021. And then the 11 short stories of... You know, Pain and Glory? Pain and Glory, yeah. See, that's how much of an impact they had. <laughs> now, the, yeah, those albums themselves, I listened to them, and I'm like, yeah, it's, they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're okay. It just seems very standard Dropkick Murphys. It's like, yeah, you know what the Murphys sound like. They're you're, they're gonna come in. They're gonna do their thing. You know, some Celtic skinhead oi fucking uh, punk rock mishmash. And yeah, that's what you. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of what you expect from them at this time. So, not to say those albums were bad. I mean, I even liked this uh, the song "Smash Shit Up" from. Uh, uh, got to turn up that dial, mm-hmm. and and yeah, really, I liked it because pretty much everything I said about the Murphys and most likely am going to say just sort of uh, called them out. Uh, they were calling themselves out in, in a way because you look at Dropkick Murphys, you look at their uh, history, and the song it was the song it was going like sometimes I miss the mess, right? It's like yeah. Because Murphys, they paid their dues. They've earned their keep. They are now like considered um, modern rock legends. I mean, these guys fucking played Fenway. Right. <laughs> their music, the their music is being played as the as like the walking music for uh, uh, for hockey teams now. Right. Yeah. So they have baseball teams. Oh yeah. I mean, they wrote songs. They wrote songs about the Bruins. They wrote songs about the Red Sox, and people are eating that shit up. Yep. They are literally one of those bands that can go on tour, whether or not they've released anything new, and people will still come to show up. And even if they release an album that is not to the fans' liking, even if it sells terribly, they will still make a fraction of that money and be able to live off of it for a while. And even if they tour in support of that album, the fans are still going to show up because well, they're going to play the hits. Yep. So yeah, and they rock have a stardom. Lot. Yes, <laughs> they've got a lot. But in terms of artistic integrity, I I don't feel that Dropkick Murphys are like doing this to please the record company or just be like, yeah, we're doing this out of obligation. No, they still do it because they love what they are doing, even though it's just. Uh, even though right now it just feels like they uh, are plateauing. They definitely, <laughs> they definitely peaked in the 2000s. That's my opinion. You know, my favorite album still is their first one, Do or Die. But that doesn't mean that I hate the music they released with Al Barr. Sing It Loud, Sing It Proud is still a phenomenal record. You know, I love a lot of tracks from The Gang's All Here. And I think Blackout had some, some really good songs. Some of my favorites, including the barroom anthem that everybody knows, Kiss Me, I'm Shitfaced. Right. Yeah, 
But honestly, I think their last uh, solid album, uh, at least uh, to me, not even a solid album, but the one that actually played songs and I can remember them was uh, Signed and Sealed in Blood. I mean, that had Rose Tattoo, that had The Boys Are Back, that had The Seasons Upon Us, and those are like some phenomenal cult hits. Even going out in style, I didn't like that album too much, but the title track, yep, everybody knows it. Right. Those And the two albums aforementioned, they didn't have standout tracks. There weren't songs on there that I was like, yeah, I got to hear that again. Except for uh, Smash Shit Up, but honestly, that's kind of debatable if it's going to be a hit or not. I know they have a music video for it, so there's that. <laughs> Maybe it was a one a runaway track, but I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to the Murphys back then. <laughs> okay, but I'm paying attention to them now. All that having been said, <clears throat> the fact that they did an album like this really just uh, really just proves that they still got some surprises left in them. Because, all right, Murphys, what have you done now? Oh, we did a whole acoustic album. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> I'm proceeding with caution. <laughs> so, yeah, and listening to this album, yeah, it is, there are really good songs on here. Like, I like the, I can't even really name the titles, but I love the ideas that they are, uh, that they are putting through musically and lyrically. And the standout song to me is the one that they did called The Last One, which features Evan Felker. Evan Felker, he's a, he's a musician. He plays a lot of uh, country western styles, a lot of heartland rock, and a bit of folk in there as well. He's his own artist, and he was brought in as a featured singer and guitarist on this one. Cool. And the last one, I just kept going back to this song because in the wake of like all this uh, social uprising and all this upheaval in, uh, you know, all across the world, uh, they are still here uh, preaching it in this very subdued fashion. And I love how it just is dripping with atmosphere. It's got a lot of feeling to it. And it just begs to be electrified. <laughs> I'm just like, God damn it. I'm hearing this being like, uh, like in the song, Your Spirit's Alive. It's like, bring that fast-paced fucking punk drumming. Bring back the, you know, bring back the bagpipes. Bring back that intensity of your of all that youthful energy that you guys were known for. I want to see an electric version of this album because I think it could be a dropkick classic, if it were. Nice. But what we have here is still pretty decent. So the last one, I just love the uh, lyrical progression of it. I love how they uh, just sort of uh, wrap it around with the same uh, pretext, how can you, and they just sort of repeat that throughout whatever strain in that verse. You'll know what I mean when you uh, listen to the lyrics. I can't really uh, speak well off the top of my head what I'm trying to put across, but you'll know it when you hear it. So let's hear it. Dirt. And how can you say a fella's free chained down in 
the hardest card in the whole damn deck to play. She's upside down, she broke apart, getting worse every day. A working man's hand is the hardest card in the whole damn deck to play. still got a lot of uh, Dropkick Murphy style lyrics in there. It's, uh, and I know this is going to be a sort of a weird uh, comparison, but it does remind me of Fading American Dream by Street Dogs. Oh. Yeah. And if you know, if you know the history between uh, Street Dogs and Murphys, you'll know why that's a weird comparison. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's still, uh, it's still bringing up like all the... Uh, liberties that we allegedly are granted in this uh in this country but every time we express those liberties there's always somebody fighting back and yeah we kind of expect that but just fight back fair <laughs> you know if we're to, if we're picketing out on the street and you respond with a militarized police force we got a problem you are the problem it's uh, i know it's not so cut and dry like that but that is what they're uh, putting through here. It's just sort of like, yeah. I love the I love the chorus in there where it's saying like the working man's hand is the hardest card to play. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh god, yeah, we know. The working class is just been we've just been shoveled through the dirt so long. Absolutely. 
And yeah, I've gone on I've gone on rants about the how the working class is treated unfairly. I'm gonna I will uh, keep that at bay <laughs> during this uh, during this thing. I've been talking about it too much already. But but yeah, like I said, this is a this is such a weird term for the Dropkick Murphys album. Uh, for a Dropkick Murphys album. It does kind of beg the question, like, why didn't uh, Ken Casey just release this as, like, an acoustic solo project? But, you know, he's got most of the members in there. Not all of them. Like, there's no Al Barr. There's no Scruffy McWallace. You know, so no second vocalist, no bagpipes. But he does have Tim Brennan. He has James Lynch. He has Jeff DeRosa. And, of course, he's got Matt Kelly, who is the only original member besides Ken left in the Murphys. Right. So, so yeah, with all the features and with all the uh, and with all the lyrics and the messages that each song is conveying, I'm like, okay, can we do something like what uh, Against Me did with Sink Floor to Sink? Because we know that that was an acoustic, uh, you know, acoustic song with a lot of piano melodies in the end. But they had since electrified it in uh, later releases. Right. I'm like, hey, Ken. Uh, can we do this again? <laughs> can we just do that to this song, the last one? Because, good lord, I hear that one. I just want it to come alive, ev- come to life even more. Even if you just do it in a live setting, just to grant us that, <laughs> right? Oh man, like I said, I can feel it being like a. It just uh, has sort of the same air of the Warriors Code. <laughs> like if we can uh, combine it with. If you can combine it with the essence of that and your spirit's alive, then, yep, we got a hit on our hands, boys. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, the rest of the album is just kind of a hit and miss, and this one was the this was the one that went over the fence for me. Cool. Over the fence in Fenway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap up the show with some new metal, as I do. Uh, I got a few left, like I said, but I think I'm winding those down. But I did want to include Taproot. I played Taproot before, played their track Gift, on episode 117 when we were doing metal, and this is new metal, kind of fits that uh, both. Uh, the band is from Ann Arbor, if you're unfamiliar, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and they started way back in 1997. I saw them like when they were a year, maybe as a band, that was the first time I saw them, and I thought, man, these guys are fucking terrible. They sound <laughs> awful live. But then I heard their album, and it's good, and then I saw them perform live in the, er, uh, after that, and Changed my mind. Uh, I liked them. I still like Taproot. They released the album Welcome in 2002. We're going to play a track off of it. But in case you didn't know, I mean, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Taproot. Not very. (laughs) Uh, They are most known for their hit single Poem. Poem in 2002 was the number five most played rock track. That's so. In 2002. So hmm. I'm sure there's some people out there that might know them if you were listening to music in 2002. And if you weren't, we're not listening to Poem. We're going to listen to Mine. This is off of Welcome. Let's do some Taproot. When I look into your eyes, you help me
too familiar with Taproot, what'd you think of that track? Well, honestly, can't say that I was familiar with that one either, so I don't know. I assume that it's like if they had uh, some rock hits, you know, or hits in the rock stations throughout the uh, 2000s, I'm sure I would have heard them as a passerby, but no, not really. Okay. <laughs> and these guys, they, uh, they, they kind of sound familiar. They kind of sound when like uh, Deftones was getting a little softer. Okay. Like, uh, right around the uh, White Horse era Deftones. So, so yeah, I could see them as being a, you know, tagged as a knockoff. <laughs> Funny enough, I saw them at a Deftones show the first time I saw them. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> they were opening for Deftones. So, there you go. Go figure, you're right. Uh, that was Taproot. We're wrapping up the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Played a lot of great stuff. Thank you to all the bands that shared stuff with us. Uh, thank you, all, all of you, for joining us all the way up to this point. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and SLCPunkCast.com. You can find all the bands on Instagram at PNDFTW, uh, that is for Paranoid, at The Raging Nathans, at Longshot underscore Odds, at Forced to Suffer HC, at The underscore Popetus, at Maggot underscore House, at Disembodied underscore Band, at Hometown underscore Addiction, a lot of underscores there. <laughs> Not done with those. At Dropkick Murphys, at Taproot underscore band, and the show is at SLC Punkcast. Let's just call this episode 280 underscore seven. Yes, 280 <laughs> underscore seven. Eric, where can we find you? Oh, uh, well, I. Uh... <sighs> You can find me at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> you can find my band Anonymous on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official. And on Facebook at anonymous SLC. And our band camp at anonymous slc.bandcamp.com. And come see us live at uh, uh, that one uh, juice spot, <laughs> the parking lot. <laughs> Fizz. Yep, Fizz. Pretty sure it, I'm pretty sure it is Fizz. It's a ten three oh four or something like that. South Jordan, Utah. Oh God. And uh, yeah, please come in when you show up. Uh, please buy some shirts from us. They got a lot to get through, and yeah. they're cool. Yeah. So get them. We got a lot. We got a lot. We've got a lot of things 
coming up and requires money. And we are five basically financially destitute individuals. <laughs> so <laughs> we could use all the little, uh, I don't want to say help, but just like, uh, you know, buy some support. Shit. Yeah, support us. <laughs> Unfortunately, that means we need uh, financial support. So, yeah, buy our shit. Yeah. Anyway, the apathetics. You can find us on Instagram at theapathetics.slc. No underscores here, just dot. <laughs> I'm Facebook at The Apathetics. And listen to our uh, new stuff at theapathetics.bandcamp.com. I know that at least one track is streaming on uh, at least Spotify. I believe that's Misery. Anyway, you can also find uh, the lyric videos on YouTube. You can stream them there. And but we prefer Bandcamp. Come on, right? That's where we. That's where we can actually monitor how many times people listen to our music. And if you want to buy them, we actually get the money. <laughs> Not just a thousandth of a cent, right? Yeah, dickheads. Anyway, uh, my other podcast. You can find that on Instagram at Lead Melodies underscore Podcast, and on Facebook at Lead dot Melodies dot Podcast dot SLC. There, I made up for the uh, library of underscores <laughs> with a lot of dots. And go ahead and a, uh, and give the three episodes a listen on anchor.fm slash lead-melodies. That's where you can find them. And you can also find it on Spotify. I don't get paid, nor do I expect to, but <laughs> you can listen to it for free. And be sure to follow the SLC Hardcore page on Facebook at SLC Hardcore, all one word. The bands are found on Facebook, and the underscores are over, just, just so we're all on the same page. Uh, at PNDFTW for Paranoid, at The Raging Nathans, at Longshot Odds, at The Pulpettas, at Disembodied666, at Dropkick Murphys, at Taproot Music, the show's at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thank you for tuning in up to this point. Eric, any final thoughts before we wrap the show? Anyway, see what I mean about the satanic shit? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Disembodied666. Oh, man. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, as far as uh, final thoughts, I really kind of have a funny story. The, uh, with election season upon us, I will be playing some... Uh, I've, I had a specific song that is going to be played in the coming weeks when the election looms a little closer, but I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to tell a funny story. About 10 or so years ago, it was around this time of this year, and my f best friend and I thought it'd be funny if we just gather up all the political signs, just steal them off of people's lawns, steal them off of highways, wherever, wherever we can find them, and just place them all in one lawn. And that one lawn happened to be one of our mutual friends. <laughs> so that's what we did. We went and gathered up all the, all the signs, didn't matter who, which candidate it was, and we just put it all out on his front lawn. And then, not our friend, but his brother draws the curtains. He's like, what the fuck? And we're like, oh shit, abort. So we just all <laughs> jumped in our car, uh, in my car, of course, and we just uh, booked it out of there. And we see in the rear view, he's standing out in the middle of the road, just like shaking his fist like an old man. <laughs> like, damn kids. They were like, ah, oh, damn. I was hoping that his whole family would be coming out and seeing that, but no, we got found out. <laughs> so yeah, that's just, a, that's just my little uh, funny election story. And... Yeah, that's about it. Play the fucking outro.